random encounter at a broadcasting facility. A shared interest and love of all things Marvel. Excelsior! A misinterpreted program title. And behold, a podcast is born. Peter Melnick. Podcaster and comic book enthusiast. And Eddie Wilson! Upstate New York radio announcer, still with an inordinate amount of catching up to do. Peter! What are you doing? Here we go with a new episode of The Marvelists. Welcome everyone to The Marvelist Presents Mischievous Musings, a low-key podcast. I'm Peter Melnick. I'm Eddie Wilson. Oh, let me do the thing where Eddie points out that I get sick sometimes. Eddie sounds sick. Okay. Yep, there we go. Anyway, so we are talking about episode number five of Loki, science fiction. Or sci- feature. No, no, no. It's science fiction. Dr. X will build a creature. Yeah. See Inter- androids fight. Anyway, so we are talking about that episode. You shut the microphone off, Eddie? No, but oh. I was a good thought. Oh. Anyway, so we are talking about episode number five, and right off the bat... Actually, let's talk about something a little bit more Marvel housekeeping yet yeah, again. I was waiting. Yeah. Well, we have to because these are things, you know, pe- we're a Marvel podcast, As Eddie. The people, world turns. People yes. care what we talk about. So. The people like on the Patreon that we got to go back and put more content for. All of those little things. So let's talk about that article from Variety. Hachi Machi. You read that article? Uh, most of it. It's a long article. It's a long article, and it is a rough one. Yeah. Because, ladies and gentlemen, over the last couple of years, the Marvel Universe, in the cinematic standpoint, has been in a real flux. We don't know what's going on, but a lot of stuff that is going on behind the scenes, at the very least, it's a lot of... Uh, a lot of hard times going on, and it's kind of surprising, but not, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, first off, as we alluded to last week on the episode, right now pre-sales for the Marvels are pretty bad right now, unfortunately, and industry insiders are speculating that the movie is not going to have a good box office opening due to the low pre-sale sales. So I don't know, because we really have not heard that very much with a lot of these movies in the most recent future, like... Guardians of the Galaxy originally was projected, quote-unquote, to be a box office failure. Like, not failure, but it was not going to do good compared to other Marvel movies. And, well, it did pretty damn good. In a post-COVID world, that movie did pretty good. Mm-hmm. So, Or not po- well, you know what I mean, a COVID world, post-COVID, whatever. Yeah, but yeah, with that movie, well, no, it's still going on, it's still a thing, you know. Yeah. But with this movie, a lot of people are, you know, wondering, like, why is it not doing so well? And, you know, there are the, uh, you know neckbeard outrage guys on YouTube going on, you know, blaming it because it's women, it's minorities, it's this, it's that. It's like, no, no, sh- shut up, fat. You know, it's uh, it's one of those things where I personally think the main reason why it's not doing so well is because of the fact of promotion. We've seen maybe one or two little things. Like, I've seen some social media posts from time to time, but not much compared to the others. When you have the promotion, you have to have the actors and actresses involved. And unfortunately, a lot of the people involved with the Marvels can't do anything due to the actor strike. The Screen Actors Guild strike, it's rough. I feel for the uh, production team of this movie, and I don't know what's going to happen. But who knows? I mean, I want it to succeed, don't you? Sure. Like, it does, like, I genuinely, and I mean this, like, this is... 
one of the movies for Marvel that I actually am really excited for because I like a lot of the cast involved and it just it sucks. It really sucks to see what's going on with this. And you know, this week the cover story, the it made it to the cover. This shows how rough this situation is. Variety, this week's issue of Variety, as of this recording on Friday, November 3rd, they're talking about Marvel Studios and what is going on. The quote-unquote fatigue. They're saying superhero fatigue, and they're not wrong. That's the problem. Because, you know, there are a lot of things content-wise. Like, over at Amazon right now, Amazon Prime, they're showing this week, you know, as of this recording... It is the debut of The Boys, uh, not The Boys, uh, well, The Boys spinoff is, I think, in the finale of Gen V. That just ended. And the premiere of Invincible Season 2, that just came out. And I've seen discussion about it, maybe because, you know, people haven't, like, binge-watched whatever or seen as much of whatever, but I haven't seen much talk about it other than just saying, hey, it's here. Like, I haven't seen any discussion of the episodes. And like I said... Uh, if you go over to Variety, go on Variety.com, or even read the article in this issue, this uh, upcoming issue or current issue of uh, Variety, the title of it is Crisis at Marvel, yeah. Jonathan Major's Backup Plans, The Marvel's Reshoots, Reviving Original Avengers, and More Issues Revealed. That's the title of the article, mm-hmm. and it's it's a literal quadruple punch, because the plan right now, what they're saying, and I'll give you like a little bit of a... Cliff Notes version of this. They're talking about, obviously, everything going on with Jonathan Majors. And apparently, rumor and innuendo is saying that the final episode of Loki, episode number six, mm-hmm. that's going to be featuring the, you know, a possible rewrite because of everything going on. Like, they couldn't do a lot of rewrites due to the actors and the writer's strike. Writer's strike ended. They can maybe change up a little stuff utilizing the content they have. Because, again, ladies and gentlemen, let's talk about a little bit about how the sausage is made with Marvel and a lot of just movies in general. When you make a movie, there's a lot of stuff that makes it to the cutting room floor. Alternate takes, alternate scenes, everything. And I will get, again, I like talking about this because when I did press one year for New York Comic Con, I was sitting in the uh, press lounge talking to this one guy for a reputable Star Wars um, news site. And we were talking for a little bit and he goes, yeah, you know, I did uh, like some background stuff, not background like acting, but like, you know, I guess, like, set work, like, he was a union guy for something or whatever. but Or not union, because it's international. So like, there's different things with how that works. But um, mm-hmm. he was from the U.K., and me and him are talking uh, about some stuff. And he goes, yeah, you know, we were working, uh, you know, involved with the set work, whatever. And he says, let me show you this. This was a scene that they shot for Endgame or Infinity War or something. And I've discussed this on the show before, and I'll say it again. He showed me a picture that he candidly took of um, the scene from Infinity War when Captain America comes out of the shadows and he's got the big beard and it's like the train station scene. Remember that? Yes. This scene has Star-Lord in the scene. And I was confused beyond belief when I saw that. I'm like, wait, he's going to be in this? Because that the guy showed me this right before Infinity War came out. Not Infinity, sorry, not Infinity War, Endgame. And I'm thinking to myself, is this going to be a scene in Endgame? What's going on? It was Star-Lord in the long duster from Volume 2 with the long red scarf. And I'm like, that's weird. What is he doing there? And we see also Scarlet Witch. We see Vision. And I believe I saw Captain America in there. 
well, what's he doing there? That's it's like you know the dog or the horse stuck in like a fence. Like how did that thing get there? Right. Like you see it and you're wondering that doesn't look right. That doesn't work for me. So when they do these things, they do so many alternate takes, and I believe you have to still have writers involved when you're editing the uh, final stuff. Like how can we work this together? So now that the writer strike has ended, literally a last-minute Hail Mary play, that episode, episode six, the finale of Loki, however it's going to work is how it works because of the most very recent culmination of the writer's strike. So who knows? But what gets me is the rumor and innuendo is, well, due to everything going on in the life of Jonathan Majors, potential you know jail time and everything with what had happened, they need to pivot and do something different. And the rumor is, in the article, they talk about it, how they might change the plans from Kang the Conqueror over to Victor Von Doom. Yeah. And I don't know how I feel about that. Because, yes, Victor Von Doom is a great villain and a great character. But the problem is, the audience has now been fully trained to think that this is going to be what it is. And, yes, great writing can let this be an excuse where we can get away with it and write him out. But I'm so wonder, you know, I'm still wondering so much. How is this going to work? Can it be like? Obviously, he is a very, very valid substitute. But it is going to be interesting seeing what they have and what they have up their sleeve with this. And then the other thing is, they've been talking about how, like, essentially, a lot of these new characters that they're utilizing, we really don't have much, like, a much of a connection for a lot of the audience as opposed to the OG Avengers 5, the original group characters, the core. And I get that. Like, we don't have much of a connection. Like, John Q. Public is not going to have much of a connection with Kate Bishop Hawkeye as opposed to Jeremy Renner Hawkeye, you know, Clinton Barton. And that's because it's it's so recent. But yet the audience, they're going on saying, I really love this character and I don't want to lose them. That's why when you look at the Star Wars movies, the sequel trilogy with Kylo Ren, Poe Dameron, Ray Palpatine, which I hate saying, um, all of these new characters, the audience doesn't have much of a connection with them as opposed to the other ones. Where, by the way, when you bring these characters in, you have a like the original Star Wars characters, Luke, Han, Leia, Darth Vader, Chewbacca, the gay robots. You have all of these characters. <laughs> I saw your look, Eddie. I uh, didn't expect that. <laughs> okay. Well, you know. Inside joke from The Simpsons. Anyway, you see these characters and you have these long-lasting connections. Like, people by the 1990s, when it was the nostalgia of 70s stuff, you know, the 20-year rule, people always were connected with these characters and you'll always associate that. Whereas, these Star Wars characters, the new ones, Ray and Finn and all them, they're only eight years old to the general public. 2015 to now, it's like, that was just yesterday, you know? So I get why they are not as connected as strongly, whereas, like, now, you know, my generation, like, is getting a little bit older. The generation slightly after ours, they love the prequel characters. Mace Windu, Wienerhead, Palpat- or Padme, you know, all the, the main characters of that era of Star Wars. Now they're finally getting the recognition, and I feel like the new sequel trilogy characters will be appreciated by a newer audience down the line because there'll be more of a adaption for the audience because like at the end of the day when it came to why people love those original Star Wars characters 
think about it like this. You have the people that watch Star Wars nonstop. How many people, like back in the day, Eddie, when you saw Star Wars on the big screen, because I know you did, how many times did you see it? Honestly, I was seeing movies just once. Really? So you weren't one of, but now let me ask you, you saw the movie. I'm a, I know you already. I know the answer to this question. You owned the comic, right? Yes. Back in the day? How many times did you read that from cover to cover? Uh, it, you know, that would have been more more than once. See? Yeah. So you're accustomed to those characters because of those repeat viewings yep. or repeat readings. readings. So you're used to that. The audience, you know, the young kids, the youngins now, they're going to be having those repeat plays the repeat reads of everything involving the sequel characters and that's fine that works now these characters they're not quite established yet to the you know average movie going public and that's fine that is absolutely fine but i feel like the hail mary play that they're unfortunately doing is a nostalgia bomb or a as they say in south park the member berries remember this remember this it's that so what the game plan is that they are considering doing is bringing back the OG Avengers lineup and getting that big dump truck full of money over the Downey Jr. estate and (laughs) getting him to don the suit one more time. And it's not like the general movie going public is not going to be saying, wow, Robert Downey Jr. is desperate. It's not going to be saying that. Mm -hmm. It's going to be saying Marvel and Disney they're desperate, uh-huh. you know, and yeah. I understand, but I feel like I don't want them to view the most recent generation of new characters as a quote unquote failure. Because I'm sorry, they're not. You have so many of these characters. Like, are some of them perfect? No, of course not. It's not going. Everything is not going to be perfect. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you have these characters that like fans are gravitating towards and being like, oh my god, I love this character. Kamala Khan, Ms. Marvel, they love the hell out of her. But you unfortunately have characters like Captain Marvel where the vitrolic, 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 vitrolic? I don't know. Look look it up, I suppose. I mean, you want (laughs) to? But, you know, like the the vitriol of the neckbeards and nerds on the internet. And yes, that's what I'm going to call you people. I'm sorry. Like those fans, I'm not a fan of because like, who gives a shit? <laughs> like, I realize I'm saying that on a Marvel podcast where we've had over 300 episodes. And yes, it's been 300. What a ride. But Shoot. you know what I mean? It's like, I can pull back on myself and be like, who gives a shit? Like, really? Like, I mean that. And it's like, when you invest so much time to both loving and or hating something, Quote the great Bill Shatner on his episode of Saturday Night Live. Bill. Get a life. Yeah. And again, I'm very passionate about this stuff, but I also can look back and be like, oh, yeah, I have bills. You know, it's like, I, oh, yeah, I have other hobbies. So, you know, I don't, I don't know. But like. Well, without the Star Wars component that I can't not really speak to, but the uh, Jonathan Majors, Kang. Von Doom situation. Yeah, I'm sure they could... Yeah, I could go for some Von Doom right now. Transfer that. Uh, and Because fans will realize, remember, that Victor Von Doom also manipulated a whore at a time machine. I'll just say it like this. Of a sort. But I also thought, though, that like they did with the first Iron Man, 
first and second, they substituted a character. I mean, yes, we're further along with Kang and Jonathan yes. and so on. I feel but, like the Disney Plus shows like did a real like kick in the groin, you know, for that. It's like you can do it, but now it's been like how many episodes have we utilized Jonathan Majors in this role now? And it's like once you just randomly see like, hey, here's actor Z. It's like, oh, no. Why does he look different? Why is it a different guy? What happened? Time changes a person. So there. Maybe that, I'll be honest. That is adorable. I like that one. Twist that really was. That, that was good. I, I'll give it. I'll give you it to you. That was. That was pretty good. I, you know, yeah. it, it's a, it's it's such a cheesy and kind of corny line, but I love the hell out of it too. Like I would love that line. Like just like time time changes a man. Like I would like that. I would actually like that. But it's the whole thing of, you know. There's a lot of people out there that, you know, now as we are removed from everything, you know, one movie that, you know, I'll give as an example, like, how many people did you see? And I saw a lot of people saying this. Guardians Volume 3 was their departure. They considered Guardians Volume 3 the finale of the MCU for them. And that's like, wow. Like, I see where they're coming from. But it's like, damn, like, when you look at the cover, by the way, did you see the cover of what that issue of Variety looks like? Just what you sent me, the, uh, yeah, the picture. Which I realize, you know, for the oh, audience yes. at home, you know, the, for the yeah, audio yeah, podcast, yeah. but it's like, you see the main Marvel characters of Captain Marvel, Groot, Kang, She-Hulk, Bucky, Falcon, Loki, Ms. Marvel, and Ant-Man, and all of the fans are leaving, you know, buckets of popcorn, 3D glasses, and everything behind them and walking away because the movie's over and it's like I get it I absolutely get it I know like you have so many movies and so many shows and like it's hard for the average person to watch some of this stuff and like not be confused yeah like I heard you know some people like we were talking about I think uh, at the uh, your Halloween party this year I was talking to your friend Jamie and like he made the comment of I think it was Multiverse of Madness. He goes, I have no idea what's going on because I didn't watch Wanda. Yeah. Uh Like, when you remove that component, I'm sorry, like, I get Kevin Feige is a comic book fan, but the average movie going public is not like that. And by the way, you mentioned something earlier, the whole, you know, Victor Von Doom time travel component. As much as I, you know, love the comics and stuff, not everyone's read that. So not everyone is going to know the whole, you know, Victor Von Doom time travel thing. Like when I see Victor Von Doom, I think of him as I am an evil European tyrant, blah, blah, blah. I don't think of him as a time traveler. I think of him as a villain. Like that's all I really think of him as. I forget that he's done the time travel. I think his first appearance is literally involving time travel. But it's mostly I'm European. I have a cape. Ah!" You know, it's that. (laughs) It's like he was in the room with us. It it is, but uh, there is that, that they could pull that thread. And that's fine. You know, I think that is a nice concept because that does work. And I don't know, it's like, by the way, there were people complaining about something where the director of the Marvels uh, left the set. Like, she left production towards the end because she had another project to work on. And nerds on the internet, because it's a woman doing a movie, they're bitching about that, saying that, you know, this is going to be a failure. It's like, hey, dipshit. They do that with other movies, too. Not just the comic book movies. They do it with everything else. So I love, like, 
any way to discount something because it's with a woman in it. Like, come on, get a life, get no, laid. No, come on. Like, I'm sorry. But going overall with, you know, what this could mean, I don't know. I'm hoping. I'm very, I'm cautiously optimistic. Yeah. Although, candidly, and I've said this to people in the past, and I'll say it here now, like, I'm more excited for the future of the DC universe right now than I am for the Marvel universe because there's a lot more stuff like that is new ground to break. My boy James Gunn running off, going, doing his thing. I think there is much more excitement and electricity over there because like we don't know what's going to happen. Like the man is going off making a, you know, a, a creature commando show. What the hell's that? I don't know what that shit is. You know what it is because you're more of a nerd than I can be. Creature commando? Yeah, you know that before I did. From the pages of Weird a, War Tales. It's got like a Frankenstein or something in there. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm just like, I don't know what that is, but sure. You know? It's that offshoot. That's kind of a deep cut thing. Yeah, but It's well, very deep because cut. It is, because it is good that's over there is probably why the interest has peaked at what could happen there. and you know, So there is that uh, yeah, potential for who knows what's going to happen. I get it. But there's a lot that I don't know what is going to happen. And I'm kind of, I am, again, much more excited for that. I feel like we'll get something. We will get something cool and we'll go from there. But now, let's talk about the topic at hand. Episode number five of Loki, science slash fiction. Yeah, because I thought it was just science fiction, but it's not. It's like science slash feature. Back to the song. Yes. It's a good song. Loki traverses. It is. It was. It will be. Loki. No, it still is. Now, Eddie, as of this recording, how many days? 362. This is what I love about him, ladies and gentlemen. It's got to be. We're three days removed. Yes. Okay, so, oh, we have a leap year. Yes, we do. Wait. <laughs> take, take take that coefficient and move that over. Okay. So we're plus or minus one. We sure are. Loki traverses dying timelines in an attempt to find his friends, but reality is not what it seems. Well, he doesn't traverse it by, on his own will. He can't, until the end, seem to control his time slipping. Yeah, it's true. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, Into the future. Slipping. That's good. I like that Steve Miller bad reference. Abra, Abra. Oh, wait, it's not Doctor Strange. No, but it's still Steve Miller. I want to reach out and grab you. Good song. Sir. Not you. <sighs> Thank goodness. I have standards. No, I'm kidding. Well, we picked this episode No, I do up. have standards, but you we, know what I mean. You're sitting... But we picked this episode up where we left off with that big white Listen here, you light little shit. and a long shot of just white light and gradually f- fading it down. And Loki is alone with the temporal room. That's loop. Boy, I'm really going to mess this episode up. Loki is alone with the temporal loom. And I think what I put next was you hear an announcement about TVA code 1229. Fail safe initiated. Thank you for your service. Thank you for your service. But he has to see the body Ventura, Jim Norton. Yeah. Uh, then we have uh, what time slipping Loki because he's going back through that again, which is you know it's kind of interesting that in the beginning episode or episodes he did the time slip. Oh wait, that's Rocky Horror again. It's just a jump. You're to into the... the time slip, okay? And we didn't really see that happening over the uh, most recent couple of episodes, but now we're back to that. So in case you thought that was over. No, but he has a TVA book, and all the tendril timelines make up the opening before the opening credits of this. And now we're going to see a bunch of time slips where we see a what I thought was first a below deck, a cell block, and it just turned out to be, I thought it was an escape or something from a ship. 
but were in 1962 in San Francisco. Do you remember? Oh, wait. Wrong date. Yeah. Wrong year. Right, exactly. And it's Casey. It, and the Sunshine Band. No, no, Eddie, it was Earth, Wind, and Fire. Uh, no. Swing and a miss, Peter. Casey and the Sunshine Band, yes. Well, so the funniest thing Sunshine. is you do realize that Alcatraz is a staple of the Marvel Universe as well. And according to uh, Screen Rant, they actually have in their article uh, the different Easter eggs mentioning that it you know, was used in uh, X-Men The Last Stand as the final battleground. They used it in the comics. They've done this. They've done that. And I'll ask, you know, the character of Casey, you know, in this moment known as uh, what? Casey is... Where is Frank. He? Frank. Frank Morris. Could he be a mutant? I don't know. I mean... Because in the Marvel Universe, if that's associated so much with muties, why wouldn't it be utilized for him? Mm-hmm. So maybe he's like, again, because you don't know what these characters are. At the end of the day, you really don't know yet. Oh. Are they a mutant? Have they shown their mutant abilities? Because they haven't showed their hand yet. So you don't know if they're a mutant. Right. And I kind of like that. Yeah, so so other things could unravel with with this. No spaghettification no. intended. By the way, I love how it's called spaghettification. It looks more like it's growing hair, yeah, like gr- yeah, hair yeah, or moss. Maybe. But like everyone's saying the spaghettification, I'm like, I know why everyone's saying that, but it doesn't look so much like spaghetti, more like you know, growing hair. Maybe, or it's also seaweed. The way it's yeah. you know, kind of floating without the water component underneath yeah. the water. But it, I when I sit here sp- spaghetti, I'm like. What kind of spaghetti are you guys eating? It looks more like the... Uh, you the can't you... eat that. <laughs> Clown college, you can't eat that. That's right, you can't. But what I you know, I think is funny is, like, it looks more like those burrs, you know, when you, like, get them stuck to, you know... That... Like, for some reason, it, like, what, looks... Like walking in the woods or Yeah. Something? Like, it looks like the little burrs. Well, those the little are, those hooks. are round things. I know, but the okay. thing's on them, Eddie. <laughs> the thing's on them. Yikes. They suck. They effing suck. It's true. Inside story. You're looking too close to that. But anyway, we have Casey. And who and are you? And Loki, and Loki says, not again. Because he didn't know who he was in the beginning episode anyway. But now we go. And that was in 1962, like we said. Uh, another branch timeline takes us to 2012 in New York City, New York, New York, where it's B-15 or Dr. Well, Willis. Before you even get to that, I want to mention, because yeah. in the uh, article they mention also, they reference Casey's variant from season one. Do they? Yeah, so, or I'll read the uh, thing. It says, as Casey's variant Frank is shown enacting his escape plan from Alcatraz, he can be heard saying, if they catch us, they're going to gut us like fish. This is a reference to one of Loki's season one funniest interactions between Loki and Casey. In the show's premiere episode, Loki tells Casey he will gut him like a fish, prompting Casey to reply, what's a fish? Much to Loki's confusion. Jeez, okay. So they're literally doing, you know, a callback to the very first interaction yeah. on the show, which is... A lot of, hey, remember this, remember this. And these are the member berries that I'm fine with, you know? Yeah, okay, I got you. So again, 2012, Dr. Willis, B-15. Then it's 2022 in Cleveland. And Mobius, the water ski salesman, actually Don, as he is known, in his real timeline, perhaps. I'd Uh, like to know why he's called Don. Don Mobius, I don't know. I was thinking Don Blake. But we have a song in there. It's Loverboy working huh. for the weekend. I don't know. Holy shit, you might be right. No, you might be right <clears throat> about the Don Blake thing because that actually makes sense. I'll tell you in a second why. Okay. But there is a uh, article recently over... Like, uh, somebody's tweet the other night 
after the episode dropped, and I saw him like, you know, that's actually possibly true. Let me see if I can find it, but... But the I, last stop I was going to just add there is 1994 Pasadena, and it's Obi, or Dr. A.D. Doug, supposedly, with his books that he's trying to sell, or buy from the bookstore that he put in there, and the book doesn't scan, and we don't want your books here, so let's take them out. Uh, yeah, but again, Loverboy, working for the weekend in this in the ski shop, the water ski shop. Okay, nice so l- touch. let's talk about the whole thing relationship Don with his kids, because Don makes sense. Don is a single dad of two, a younger kid who is completely chaotic and gets into trouble, and an older blonde kid who loves snakes. Seem familiar to you? Oh. That's the tweet coming over from the user at ValenSchmidt23 on uh, Twitter or X, whatever the hell it's called this week. But Don makes perfect sense to call him that because Don, blonde guy, Donald Blake, he could be representing also, you know, we don't know. Mobius could be technically Thor. A multiversal version of him where, you know, you tap the hammer and now all of a sudden he's Thor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that goes back Stranger to things have happened. Uh, yeah. Yep, exactly. But, you know, it's funny because going over to the uh, Piranha Power Sports location and seeing Don on the jet ski as it's, you know, wow, I'm got the wind in my hair, wow. <laughs> yeah. Ka-chow. You know, I love that, you know, element of him. And, again... When you are in the Marvel Universe and you have a joke, bring it a little bit forward, do the thing, make the audience acknowledge it, and then go from there. And I also want to talk about OB in the bookstore. Yep, because that's his last stop in 1994. But from there is where uh, he connects with Loki and they talk about the time slipping and possibly controlling it. This show is brought to you by our Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash themarvelists. And on the $3 tier, you'll get access to episodes early and ad-free. The $5 tier gets you our two bonus shows. One, Fantastic Voyage, where we dissect and just talk about the 102 issues, one by one, although if it's a storyline more than one at a time, of Stan Lee and Jack Kirby's amazing, incredible, spectacular, invincible, and fantastic run of the Fantastic Four, the world's greatest comic magazine. And two, you haven't read that? A show dedicated to the comic books that I haven't read yet. Some Marvel, some DC, all fun. And on the $8 tier, pick a topic of your choosing, not a topping of your choice, or perhaps you can be a guest on The Marvelists. Above all else, we thank you for your continued support. So I'll, I'll read you real quick with the Zartan contingent from Screen Rant. They, they bring up a point, and it's actually kind of interesting that they would say this. Upon showcasing the variant of Ouroboros on the timeline, or more aptly, what is his life, was like before the TVA, it is revealed he wrote a book called the Zartan Contingent, which is an Easter egg to multiple franchises. For one, the Zartan, Zartan Contingent was first spotted in the end credit sequence of Loki Season 2, Episode 1, meaning Episode 5 was set up on the onset of the season. Secondly, Zartan is a reference to a G.I. Joe villain and is a master of disguise, somewhat like Loki himself. (laughs) Finally, the Zartans, with an X, are a race of shapeshifters from the Marvel comics, also referencing Loki's power set. Okay, we've got lots of stuff going on there. And I like the fact that, like, they do that. This this is what it really is. Like, all these different layers for a small little one-two-three reference. 
Then the next reference I had was right there with OB or Dr. A.D. Doug grabbed the mug, put all the pins in the mug, said, you've got to get the band back together. And I went to the Blues Brothers with that. Oh, Eddie, Eddie, Eddie. Bring it back to band. Oh, yeah. Eddie, Eddie, Getting Eddie. the band back together. Eddie, Eddie, Eddie. Exactly. Eddie, Eddie, Eddie. And Loki pulls out the TVA handbook. Let's get to work. Because now we have, you know, what's needed to get this show going. Uh, forward, motion, whatever. Uh, okay, next next it's Loki time slipping to, to Don's home. And kind of gives him all the details and dishes out what's going on, what's going on with OB. And now it's about assembling all the, uh, the guys, the girls in the band, except for Sylvie, who's what's left. So for whatever yep. reason, she, because maybe she's like a god, retains all her memories, does not want to. But I love the fact that this. when she sees him and goes, yeah, I know. Yeah. I love that. Um, Oh, you don't really want to be here. You don't want to be really working at McDonald's. No, this is actually what I want to be doing. I kind of, I'm actually happy. Yeah, exactly. And why are you doing this, Loki? Because why? Why she she kind of like psychoanalyzes him to find out what the true meaning is for why this is. Because he wants his friends back. He's uh, he doesn't want to be alone. And it's not can for you blame a selfish the boy? Re- it's, it is for a selfish reason, I guess, in a way. How would you say that? Why they would... both they both trade a selfish remark. That you know, Loki is telling Sylvie she's being selfish. By not helping others, Sylvia's trying to tell Loki, they have their lives. This is what they should be doing. And why do you really want to do this, Loki? Yeah. And it comes down to he is alone. He doesn't want to be alone. He wants his friends. So now who's being selfish? I want to be alone. Well, fine. Until the lawnmower comes along. Yes. I want to, do be, to be. I want to see the baby. Right. I want to see the baby. Now, I also want to mention that this episode references a Fantastic Four character. Uh, again, according to uh, Screen, Rant, Screen Rant, during Loki Season 2, Episode 5, Loki encounters Mobius variant Dom at his house on the branch timeline. The door number for Mobius's, or more fittingly, Dom's house. Don's, Dom's house. It's actually Dom, not Don. Never mind. D-O-N, oh, D-O-N. How about that? Is 1049 a reference to Marvel Comics Earth 1049? In the comics, this Earth was a reality constructed by Franklin Richards, the son of Reed and Sue Storm, at the beginning of the Eighth Cosmos. Got me there. Okay, fine. I didn't know that, but sure, that makes perfect sense. And, you know, again, I also love, by the way, that they're continually referencing, uh, what do you call it, Zaniac? Yeah. And I have a feeling they're going to do something... um, I could see them releasing a uh, online game of Zaniac to play on your computer or on your phone, just as a quick little app because you have this and it, like I love when movies or shows do a video game and like they actually make the real game you know for you to play. Like if you know the movie Wreck It Ralph, they actually made the Wreck It Ralph game and Fix It Felix. So you could actually go to an arcade like Barcade in New York City and play Wreck It Ralph and Fix It Felix. Okay. So to see this, why wouldn't you? Yeah. I would play Zaniac. We did see the Zaniac logo in part of this episode. Yeah, with the video game, the and, one to two players. Yeah, and insert then, coin. Well, that was at the end. Did you get? To, did you go through? See the and here at the end of the credits. So I fast forwarded and like I'm waiting, you know, for a scene. I guess I missed it, but I heard that at the very end there was the line of, "You died. Insert a coin, loser." Yeah. I, I can't take that kind of abuse. 
<laughs> yes, you died. Insert your coin, loser. And that's all I could think of. I had to go back over it to make sure. It was not after the uh, picture credits. It went through all the regular credits, and then it went before the international credits, let's say. So yeah. it was pretty much at the end. Before I didn't even hear it. No. And even though he did get spaghettified, we only heard about He Who Remains in this episode a couple of times. So I thought I would have thought he would be showing up in this episode, I, yeah. but no. Yeah. You, know, you save him for the big main event, and because he didn't come back, everyone else did but him. So yeah. Yeah. why not? I don't know. We're going to have to wait till the last episode, which when I took a look as far as the synopsis, they didn't have a title on episode six yet. TBA. Yeah, it's going to be like that's how it is every week because you don't want to spoil what it could be because you can learn a lot from the episode in an episode of a title. Uh, okay. Well, why? Why? Yeah, what would you call true. it? Like, hey, we're going to call this episode Cobb Salad. No <laughs> Cobb Salad involved, but you know we're just going to call it Cobb Salad. Like, it's got to have a purpose behind the name. There you go. Yeah. You want Cobb Salad? Uh, yeah, sure. You buying? Uh sure. Yeah, good. Go for it. No water off this duck's back. Otherwise, I'm not going to have the Cobb salad, am I? Exactly. I'm not buying that's, it. that's how the Cobb salad works. That's yeah. how the Cobb salads. So overall, like, this is very much, you know, that ending, again. Yeah, when Loki says he can rewrite the, the story. You know, I'll be honest once again, you know, I, I like the episode, but I don't, you know, this, I'm more inclined to, like, the final few moments of the episode. Again, it's yeah. like we watched all this stuff, we see all these references and this and that. Like, we're learning the backstory of all these things, of how the band came to be. And I like that idea. Like, oh, so this is the origin of Mobius. Mobius is actually a guy who sold jet skis and then, you know, comes to be this. So that's how he becomes it. But, you know, it's the whole snake eating its own tail kind of thing. Like, that's how it became what it is. Why does he have a love of jet skis? Because he loved jet skis. And, like, how did he become this? Because he was this originally, now it's this. And it's like, cyclical yeah exactly and Bobius is a cool name he thought space name space name and I like again this episode but there is that sense of what is next like we get we get a scene and by the way you know continuing you know off of piggybacking off of last week's episode where I talk about music in this we had a song by the Velvet Underground in here for some reason sure okay did I care to remember what it's called nope not at all nope I missed it it was a whole scene, Eddie, with the music. I'm not. A, well, I didn't know that it was Velvet Underground, so I'm There's not a Velvet f- Underground album on the thing. I'm not versed on that. It said un- Velvet Underground. Oh, did I miss that part of the credits? No, it said literally the album cover was oh, on good the God. table. Okay. Dude, I missed that too. Oh, Eddie, Eddie, Eddie. All misses. Man, how am I watching this on the treadmill and you're paying more or less attention than I am? <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, that's true. So what gets me about this episode, though, is... The uh, the overall ending and how all these characters, they're linking in. And I do like what this could signify, what we could be getting with all of these characters. And what I really appreciate is it's very open-ended for the audience to interpret what is going to be next, what we could see, and... Again, just a lot of, there's a lot of speculation of what this could entail for the future of the Marvel Universe. And how it's going to be reflected is how this show can stick the landing. Because it'll make or break this show. And I don't know what's going to happen. And I don't know if this show will 
really deliver because you know early reports of the final episode people have seen it they've been like yeah it's a no for me dog oh and like I don't know I don't know what this could signify for the future of all this and to be continued to the second season of what if no it's oh boy I can't wait <laughs> Baja blast my brains out but you know this is gonna be one of those things where I like Kang, but it's this is this is gonna be rough because this was supposed to this is supposed to be the uh what have you and I feel like at this point with how everything is Marvel trying to you know regain the goodwill of the audience, you're gonna have to like throw like Deadpool, the X Men, the Fantastic Four, everybody in that ending to get that, you know, lost faith back. Yep. Yep. And there's no way that's going to happen. You know? But I will say, if this is, you know, I feel like we're going to be getting a reboot soon. A A soft reboot, Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. And that's that. All right. Five down, one to go. I think it's funny, though, because, like, this show does the multiversal stuff, and, you know, I'd be remiss if I don't talk about my, my hit tweet. My hit tweet today, ladies and gentlemen. I ended up uh, making a joke about the ending of this show, how there's the whole, you know, again, little things that these characters do that, you know, become so noticeable and, you know, meme-worthy. And, I, you know, I proceed to take uh, OB's character from everything, every, the actor who plays OB, everything, everywhere, all at once, and did the line of I would have been happier, you know, just selling jet skis and uh, writing sci-fi novels with you because, hey, got to find a way to make a reference somehow. Mm-hmm. And as of right now, how many likes has that tweet gotten? Because I want to, you know, pat myself on the back, very Horowitz style. Let's see. What does it say? It says that he regaled the audience. 4,796 likes. Holy shit. Are you seen kidding by, me? Seen by 110,000 people. That's the magic of the internet. And I love how I say in the tweet afterwards, while you're all here, be sure to check out our weekly show, The Marvelous, where I still complain about Loki. Mm-hmm. And I do, yeah. every week. Amen. Because yeah. it's not really a good show. You can like it if you want, but I think this show sucks. It's not not what if bad, but... <laughs> what if Party Thor did a thing? Nah, I don't really give a shit about that. What if the blip didn't happen? Yeah, I could, I could mess with that. Yeah. Nah, let's just do stupid episodes. Uh, oh. What if Star-Lord was competent? Anyway, that's going to wrap this episode this week, and we are on the road to the finale, as well as our episode talking about the Marvels in theaters next week, I believe uh, November 9th. It's a niner. So, yeah, be there. Or not. Be there. Give us the listens. Give us the downloads. I want that. You do it. Don't tell people not to listen. We will hope that it works. The Eddie Wilson, does. esteemed salesman. Eh, you don't give a shit about this. Don't do. Don't buy this. No, you 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 could buy you know like shoes or something. Or, you know like 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 a, a fanny pack. You, you you look like you need a fanny pack. You know, get, get the purple one. You, you know, if you're going outside running, you you need to carry your stuff at nighttime. You have like a little reflective one. You're just like ah, a car almost hit me, but they saw the <laughs> fanny pack. And you're good. So you don't want the fanny pack? Not I. No, oh. I won't be doing any running. For the Marvelists, I'm Peter Melnick. And I'm Eddie Wilson. Sound like it or not. Excelsior. Enough said, true believer. <laughs>